1: Hey there, everybody. So we've got a great podcast coming up for you. But we actually recorded on Sunday night before the Nets game on Monday. And we just wanted to kind of check in and talk a little bit about uh, Yusuf Nurkic's injury. Uh, Tara and I were actually at the game with the Blazers Edge staff sitting together uh, when it happened. And I think there aren't really words for how we're feeling right now. But we want to send him like all the love in the world. Uh, how are you feeling right now, Tara?
0: So um, pretty, pretty okay. All things considered, um, we've had some. We've had some good news about, you know, the type of injury he had and what the uh, doctors were able to do for him. Uh, he's had his surgery, his leg was repaired, and they said that there was no apparent muscle or nerve damage. So that's good news. And actually, the one of the earliest things that I thought of um, in, when it happened in the arena was... Uh, Thank goodness that he is really well taken care of. Like he had a contract, so that's not going to be a concern for him. Like, you know, when it happened to Wesley Matthews, that was a big, you know, kind of a gut gut wrenching uh, worry for everyone when Wesley Matthews got hurt because everybody knew he was heading into free agency. And for Yusuf Nurkic to have a contract, to be stable in that way, um, I felt that was somewhat of a relief So, you know, considering how bad it was, I feel like the only thing I want to do right now is just tell Yusuf Nurkic how much I appreciate what he's done this year. And then I'll never forget, like, what a great year he had.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that we're excited for his journey to come. I mean, it's going to be rough, but I think we're still going to get to see Nurkic. I. I believe that. I believe that if anyone can get through something like this, it's it's him. He's a tough guy, and he's got an amazing group around him. And this team is a family, and I think this family is willing to take care of him and support him. And it's from the outpouring of love that has happened in the last you know, few days, it's been amazing just— to see how much the world loves him not just portland but so far beyond portland
0: yeah did you see the uh, chant at the bosnian soccer game all across on the other side of the world that broke out
1: yes i absolutely yep it was one of the first things i saw this morning and i burst into tears but i'm i'm happy that that he has that support
0: right yeah he he's, he appears to have a lot of support now, in terms of, you know, how it's going to affect his game in the future, um, I don't know what that's going to mean. And, you know, it's hard to compare things. But, you know, what I see happening is that, you know, he'll, he'll go through this recovery process. He'll come back sometime in the middle of next season. And it might be, you know, a slow build to get him back in. Um, but then he's still going to be around and potentially – you know, I've heard people talk about how this you know, this injury, you know, may change the way the Blazers approach the next season. Because I think one of the things, so like Dave wrote a really nice article. Dave Deckard wrote a nice article. Eric Griffin wrote a nice article. And kind of one of the things that has come out is the Blazers were playing really, really well when Nurkic went down. And we can't lose sight of that. You know, like... If they had been struggling and Nurkic went down and, you know, everything fell apart, you know, who knows what might happen. But we can if we can all remember and hold on to how good they looked right before his injury and just wait it out until he can come back to full strength. I don't know. What are your thoughts on the sort of the future?
1: I think. I think things like this can bring a team together to play better than they ever thought they could. And I think pe- they want to do it for Nurkic. They want to sh- show the world how great they are. And CJ's coming back. And this is a team full of talent and full of passionate players who get along. And there's something to be said for chemistry like that, especially when something like this happens. If you can have the chemistry to, to fight through it and to keep going, I think anything is possible. And uh, I think that if the right players step up, we could still make a really strong run. And I'm ex- I'm excited to see what happens in a in a sense of just because the season has to go on, and you got to keep watching. And I really I love this team and. I'm intrigued to see how everyone copes with this.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I've never been part of a different NBA fan base, so I can't compare what's happening to, you know, what's ever happened anywhere else. Maybe this is exactly what happens every time somebody has a major player go down. I But that having been said, I'm just really proud of how Rip City has you know, rallied around and just thrown out so much positivity towards Nurkic. And um, I just hope that, you know, when he wakes up, comes out of his days he's probably in right now and has time to check the what how many notifications do you think he probably has like a million That's, i, mean, I'm not even I have to think a million i mean his phone is like i don't even know how he's even gonna start how he's even gonna you know be able to see all the messages that um people have been giving him but it's it's really great to be a part of a fan base and a community who just you know Nothing was important anymore for like the last couple of days, except just wanting him to know uh, how much we all care about him.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm proud to be part of Rip City for sure.
0: Welcome to Women's Hoops and Talks, the What Podcast, where we are elevating the voice of women in basketball. I'm Tara. And
1: I'm Cassidy. Thank you so much for listening today. We have an awesome guest on the show. Mitz is a basketball personality, and you can find her either laughing at franchises on Twitter or on the Count the Dings network. Welcome to the Women's Hoops and Talks.
2: Hi. Thank you guys so much for having me.
0: I have been following you on Twitter for quite a while now, so it's really exciting. I'm to sorry up about that. No. <laughs> <laughs> don't apologize. <laughs> You're one of those
2: p- people that brings your whole self to it. And it's awesome. Uh, thank you so much. That's nice. Um, <laughs> I'm still sorry. because I used to tweet a lot more. <laughs> so if you've been following me for a minute, it means that I used to just blow up your timeline with just stupid things. But um, thank you so much again for having me. I'm excited to talk all things hoops. Awesome. Well, before
0: we get any farther, I just want to remind everyone that they can follow the Hoops and Talks podcast on Twitter, at Hoops and Talks, and you can subscribe to the show in the Blazer's Edge podcast feed on whatever platform you use to get your podcasts. So, Nitz, we usually start off with an icebreaker, and uh, I came up with one today, and I'll let it out there and see who wants to go first. So here it is. Think of your favorite or a favorite because some of us have a hard time choosing favorites. Think of a favorite player. And if they were not a celebrity basketball player, what profession do you think they would be really good at? So who wants to go first?
2: Um, I have a great answer for this one. <laughs> okay, I'm ready <laughs> for it. Shout out to giving us, uh, giving me a little bit of a heads up because I would have been so stumped. But favorite player, pretty easy, Allen Iverson. Um, and then I think he would be a great teacher and you kind of see him with, uh, the guys now and the guys that are coming up in the league and the way that he talks to them and the way that he can like appreciate people's strengths and he lifts everybody up. I think he would be an amazing teacher. That High school probably answer. Yes. Thank you so much. I literally, I told you guys this already, but I Googled list of professions and I'm like, damn, I don't know, but that's such a good question. Okay. I want to hear your guys' answers. Tara, do you have one? I do have one.
0: Um, Mine is Damian Lillard, and I think he would be an amazing nonprofit executive director. Um, He has, first of all, he has so much charisma and so many connections that he'd be really great at fundraising I think. But I think he'd also be super good at all that stuff about, like, making connections that really successful nonprofits have to do to thrive and to actually make an impact in the community. And, um, yeah, that's kind of what I think would be – that's what I think he'd be good at.
1: I love that. How about you, Cassidy? I just started thinking of current Blazers and what I would want to see them do. And I have to say that I would love to watch Evan Turner host a morning talk show.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I feel like he will in the future at this point. Honestly, like some digital show on Twitter after he retires, I wouldn't doubt it. I love it. I will I will watch it. I'll be here <laughs> for it.
0: <laughs> so do you think it would be like a sports-related one? Or do you think it would be more like, a, you know good morning Chicago or something like that
1: i'm I'm hoping for good morning Chicago I want there to be like food segments where he has to like help make things in a weird rapid succession where they're like oh and it's a magically done oh. I just I want to watch that that
0: would be so good like good morning
2: America with Evan Turner that's good television I honestly yeah. you should start the petition to get that going that's some that's some real stuff right there. Well, you're you heard the it Twitter here. I'm
0: influencer. Evan so, <laughs> uh,
2: no, no, no. Wait, I have a question about a follow up question about Alan Iverson.
0: So, do yeah. you, what kind of what do you think he would teach? Do you think he would be like little kids
2: or uh, high school or college and like what subjects? I first went to elementary school mainly because that was what was listed first on the profession list that I'm staring at. But uh, <laughs> I think. I think high school definitely like he would be able to connect with kids and just high school is that time when you need somebody to like really motivate you to keep going. I think Allen Iverson would be that dude. Um, I have him teaching English and just like exposing these kids to like different books that they haven't read yet. Um, I think he'd be so good. He'd be honestly, he really would be a great teacher. Mm -hmm. I hope he does something like that.
0: I agree. I mean, when I was kind of mulling over, this for me, one of the, um, I'm often thinking that guys who play in the NBA would be really good. They, they seem to, so many of them love working with kids. Like, like, Damian Lillard is like that. Like he has a really, he's really kind of stone faced most of the time. Like he doesn't like let on a lot of emotion or whatever when he's talking and doing interviews. But when you put him in a room full of kids, he just lights up and he's just so easy and laid back. And like Yusuf Nurkic is another one. I think he would be an amazing <laughs> kindergarten teacher. Like I think. Oh my god! Imagine him next to the kids. I just know. The height
2: difference. Or the kids um, just
0: crawling him, like <laughs> like a tree. I don't know if that's the influence of Arnold Schwarzenegger and kindergarten cop
2: in my life or <laughs> something. Oh my God. I have never happen. seen that. That is oh, a amazing. reference, but you know what? You mentioned that. And it's like, I i remember. So I think it was maybe two years ago or it was last season. And the Knicks, um, the Knicks charity did a Turkey drive up in a school in Harlem. And they brought a couple of the Knicks players over and like Jarrett Jack was there and did not look like he wanted to be there in any way, shape or form. And like, he's a good dude, but like, you know, you're, it's cold outside you're being forced to like hand turkeys out to like god knows what at some random high school um and then the kids came in and they started playing and I've never seen a man just light up like that so Hmm. much NBA players in general like will be so cold and then they'll see a kid and they'll just like turn into the happiest, like most energetic guys in the room. And I love that. I know. And I wonder, do you think, I mean, this is like going
0: a little astray of our regular topics, you know, we're doing a little pop psychology. Wait, that's totally what I do all the time. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But do you think that like, maybe it could be because I mean, for them to attain the NBA, they had to work so hard and they had to be so focused in achieving their goals that like, it, They didn't get to relax with kids very much. And sometimes this is just kind of like, oh, I can
2: just kind of like kick back and be me. I mean, maybe I think honestly, it's probably so many things because most of these guys like have different backgrounds on how they got into the NBA. But in general, like, I mean, what I like to see it as is they feel like they've gotten something that they're so thankful for. And most guys that I've spoken to in the NBA are just like feel so blessed to be where they are. And they want to give that energy back and that kind of positive energy back to, like, kids and teens and, like, people that, are you know, are still, like, a little bit – I don't want to say helpless, but you know what I mean? Like, adults have a little bit more agency over themselves, whereas, like, kids and teenagers, like, are a little bit more, like, they need – they need that positive energy given to them. Does that make sense? Yeah. That is yeah. very pop psychology. Yeah, it totally. <laughs> totally does.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. that's – I think that makes good sense.
2: <laughs> so –
1: We wanted to learn a little bit more about you and your connection to the NBA.
2: Yeah. Um, I mean, I think primarily my main involvement in terms of like actually putting out content would be just my involvement with the Count the Dings Network, which I'm sure you guys all heard last week. We're recording. This is Sunday. Yeah. Last week they announced um, their sale to The Athletic, which is super, super exciting. Um, And the way that, I, you know, they kind of found me through I was friends with a lot of writers and they asked me to come be a guest on their strictly cultural non-basketball pod, uh, the Friday mailbag. And then slowly it also like bled into when they started the Daily Ding, they were, you know, kind enough to extend the offer to me to be a guest occasionally. Um, And then I've been a guest way more than I thought I would have time for, to be totally honest, because I still have a full-time job. But um, watching six hours of basketball on a random Wednesday is not exactly ideal. Um, But yeah, so I think, and then... The, basically all their basketball entities are now going to be under the athletic, um, app paywall, which is super exciting because they're going to get like access to all these different guys. And then hopefully I'll still get to contribute in the future, but otherwise still on count the dings. And then I tweet a lot, a lot. Yeah. <laughs> NBA Twitter is powerful. It sounds dumb. Cause people are like, what is your, what was your first involvement with the NBA? And I'm like Twitter and like, that's, you know, it's so powerful there with, like the community of NBA Twitter people who are actually in the world of the NBA is just insane.
0: So how did you get, um, what, did, where did your love of basketball come from?
2: Um, my dad for sure. But I say I, I've never been like super obsessed. You know, I played field hockey growing up um, and I was more into hockey in general, kind of when I first moved to America. Um, but I grew up in the Bay area, so it's really hard not to be a fan of the Warriors when you're there, unless you're a Lakers fan, which whatever, I don't want to talk about it. A lot of Bay area people are Lakers fans. That's not a (laughs) lie. It's not just Justin Rowan trolling everyone. That's just true. But, um, you know, my dad were, we moved from Israel when I was like nine. My dad is not super into flashy things. So he was super, super big on the Warriors and like hated the Lakers because of how flashy they were. So that's the, that's the Lakers slander and why I slander them so much. Um, and then we believe happened and it was really hard not to get caught up in all of it. And then obviously, so I moved back to Israel after college just because I really wanted to. And because everyone in the Bay area was so big on basketball, it was such an easy way to like keep in touch with everyone. And it was also right around the time that the warriors were blowing up, which made it even easier to keep in touch with everyone in the Bay area. Cause everyone was watching the same game every single night. So I'd say that's where the, like the real, real obsession started. And then I started Twitter because like if you're if you're a fan of the NBA like where are you going to get your news it's on Twitter you're not going to ESPN
0: (laughs) so uh, do you have like if somebody said well I'm not on Twitter because I hear that all the time um what's your uh, do you have like something that you try to tell them to explain like what they're missing out on or what would be the advantage of joining Twitter in order to follow the NBA
2: yeah I mean it's direct access to all of your favorite not just players, but media members, um, people who are media adjacent. So people like myself who don't directly work in the media, but we're producing content and we have certain access to things around the NBA, which give us like a unique perspective. And then beyond, it's also just having a conversation with a bunch of people who are as obsessed with the same product as you are. So like, I think I woke up this morning, this is when Twitter gets a little annoying, but I woke up this morning and the conversation with, like, LeBron stands versus Warriors fans right now is, like, so brutal online. But it's just – it's comedy. So you're missing out on, like, a lot of comedy and then also just a lot of, like, you know, really direct access to all these guys that can give you more information about your team that you're not really going to be able to read anywhere else.
0: Yeah, the other night when the Lakers got eliminated from hey. the
2: playoffs <laughs> –
0: that was um, quite a night on Twitter because everybody, not every, it seemed like everybody felt like they needed to weigh in on it.
2: I'm so <laughs> mad I missed it. I was at a comedy show. I'm so mad. And this is like, that's my Christmas. It's D'Angelo <laughs> Russell knocking the Lakers out of the playoffs. I'll tell you what, because I bet, um, I can't say which Laker, but one of the Lakers and trainers is one of my really good friends. And I made so many bets with him about how the Lakers were going to be bad this season. And I thought that I was just being rude. Like, I was like, there's no way they're actually going to be this bad. And, like, I'm just going to be rude and I'm going to lose the bet at the end of the season. But I get to, like, be a little bit antagonistic and whatever. And then they don't even make the playoffs. Seriously? That's oh, amazing. Comedy. Comedy. Anyways, so, yeah. <laughs> that must have been amazing. I, like, logged on right after and saw Javel. McGee had, like, 15 to 20 shooting, too. Which is just, like, How?
0: JaVale McGee is one of my favorite stories in the NBA.
2: <laughs> really? Wait, why?
0: With just, his, like, re-emergence or what? I just find him so entertaining and I love how people are just, like, I mean, yeah, kind of his re-emergence and just to, he's always, like, so... Unlikely, he's such an unlikely hero at the most unlikely times. He had like <laughs> thirty three points the other I like, I just, I love it when the unexpected happens, which is why I love Alfa Aminu so much because <laughs> I love <laughs> the unexpected and I love chaos and both of those guys just kind of em- embody chaos and I, th- I feel like. NBA Twitter is a lot of a push and pull between, like, the beauty of the league and the game and the basketball and the appreciation for it and just, like, the absolute chaos that also goes along with it because it's made up of, you know, humans, people. We're not, like, all stable and balanced all the time. That's true. We have takes that are out there and some guys have great nights and some guys have bad nights and you never know what's going to happen. And it's, it's just a lovely balance, I think, of those different things.
2: I love that. I also love that you mentioned that JaVale McGee is chaos. Mm-hmm. That is, mm-hmm. <laughs> that is so true. Yeah, absolutely. We do love our chaotic players around here.
1: So we'd love to hear an outside perspective on Damian Lillard. Cause uh, we're so used to hearing about Damian from being in Portland and around Blazer fans. And so it's kind of interesting to hear what, an outsider thinks about Damian (laughs) Lillard and the Blazers in general
2: um I mean you know I'm from the Bay, so I love Dame because he like bleeds Oakland Mm -hmm. basically like that man that man loves Oakland and he gives so much back to the community so um I love that man for that but then in terms of his game you know it's hard not to be impressed with Dame there's the obvious like uh cliche of Dame time when he goes Mm -hmm. off and it's really nice to watch all those highlights but I think this year specifically, and what, what I've been most impressed with is that he really just his all-around game has mm-hmm. been a lot better. He's been better at getting people involved. He's been better at knowing like when he needs to go off and when he needs to let other people do that. And I mean, that's great and all in the regular season, but I think like now when you're translating into like a postseason, I think that they'll see more success finally. Cause I love the Trailblazers. Like if I wasn't a Warriors fan, I was like Blazers or Sixers would be my team just off of, like, the power of my love for, like, Dame and Allen Iverson alone. So I've always wanted them to see go, like, further in the playoffs with this roster, and they, like, they let me down every year. But um, I have hope (laughs) for them this year. I really do. You guys, yeah? Are you, like, a little jaded by it? Or do you feel like you go in with, like, hope every year?
1: I think I feel always a little bit hopeful, but then there's the part of me that once the playoffs start, I'm like, oh, please don't let this go bad. (laughs) Like, please don't. Please just let's just can it happen this year because I've been waiting for this my whole life.
2: Um, I really think it could it could happen I, this year. I think they it could really, make it to the second round.
1: Yeah, I mean, I just want to watch more basketball, and I yeah. think that's what it comes down to. Is when the playoffs are over, I'm just sad there's no more NBA basketball, and so I just always want to keep watching them play because they're just so fun to watch play.
2: True. What's nice about the NBA though is once the game's over, like the, you know, we hit June and it's over, and all of a sudden right after it's the draft, and then we yeah. have summer league, and then August is a dead month. August sucks. Something needs to be done about August. And then <laughs> we get into <laughs> and then we get into preseason. It's just so funny. Oh, and free agency this year. Is gonna yeah. be bonkers. It's gonna be insane. So that's what you're missing out by not being on NBA Twitter. Cause like yeah. the game is off. Where else yeah. are you gonna get like a bunch of people freaking out about Kevin Durant, Kyrie Hawaii, like lots of that's funny a lot of names that start with k going into free agency clay wow that's funny i didn't realize that anyways okay here yeah it's <laughs> gonna be crazy
0: <laughs> well speaking of kevin durant and clay um i've a question about the golden state warriors for you is all what do you think about all the coverage of the team this year is it how much of it is noise and how much of it do you think is the possibility that they're current roster may undergo some significant changes
2: well they're definitely going to undergo changes no matter what because i don't think kevin durant is staying and i think a lot of i think trades are going to have to happen once that does because i don't know how much they can sign once he leaves but i don't think it's noise at all um i i just i also trust the strength of like our media people um anywhere from like nbc to the athletic like there's a lot of really good guys covering the team in the bay and they don't cover things that are hype if that makes sense they really only cover if it's happening and then other things that I've heard from the past kind of two years about things in that locker room make me feel like this it was just like waiting to blow up and you like look at the way that they're playing right Mm -hmm. it's really easy for us to be like oh it's a regular season they don't care they don't care they got blown out by like the Dirk led Mavs yesterday like come on you're losing to a 50 year old at this point and a 15 year old which is fine but like you guys <laughs> you guys are the greatest team of all time like come yeah. like, give me a break so it was just like it's really annoying to see and uh, i think it was at home yeah it was at oracle which is like that it that was one of the best home court advantages of all time you're getting blown out this way and it's because they don't want to play with one another and you know steph was out but like that shouldn't You still have Clay, KD, and Draymond, and Boogie on your team. You shouldn't be getting blown out any night. You
1: still have more all-stars than any other team without Steph.
2: (laughs) Exactly. Like, I mean, that offense is Steph. It is. But Mm -hmm. at the same time, like, you have too much talent to be playing this poorly. Why do you think they don't want to
0: play with each other? I mean, I just have a hard time believing that because I have always been told that it's all about winning. And clearly, they have enough talent to win. But, like, what's going on? Um... I
2: mean, I always relate it back to like different work situations that I've been in where like we were all, we're literally like a dream team of people working on an event, for example. Um, but we like hate each other by the very end because you go through a lot and like you're with these guys and it's a long season and you're with them now four years in a row. I mean, there, it doesn't matter. Like I could be doing that with some of my best friends. I'll hate them by the end. So the fact that, you know, these are a bunch of different guys with different personalities, um, different priorities off the court. It's just like I think it starts, you know, it starts to get hard and it doesn't help that, you know, I'm talking about my work situation, but I don't have somebody covering every single second and every move that I make. I can't imagine what being in that like bubble feels like where you're going through all these things with different guys. Meanwhile, you have press looking at you and covering the fact that you're angry all the time. Like that must be hard. Um, But I can't wait for a refresh. Mm -hmm. Like we're not winning after we're not, we're probably not winning another ring after a refresh, but it's just going to be so much more fun to watch. Like I'm just sick of watching them play. Sounds really spoiled. I know.
0: (laughs) Well, you know, one of the, the narratives that's like super popular here in Portland, and I don't know how much it has made it outside of our area is uh, just the close knitness of the team, you know, because they've been together for a long time. And in Portland, you know, if we hear Neil Olshay say continuity one more time, we're like, drink. But um, <laughs> when you look at them, and I like recently a picture came out of Myers Leonard, and he has Damian Lillard. He's giving him a piggyback ride, and they just look so relaxed and so content with each other. And those guys have been together for seven years, and. Like when you watch this team, when you watch our team, it's like, you know, are we being sold a bill of goods that it's continuity or is that really a thing? Because then when you turn around, and you look at the Warriors, like, you know, they've had some pretty good continuity with, you know, like Clay and Steph and Draymond. They've been together a really long time. Um, so like, should we be, I, I just wonder sometimes like, should we, we be worried about what's going to happen to um, our team if they have a lot
2: of success? <laughs> That's one of the things that I worry um, about. I mean, any team that has a lot of success is going to have a little bit of that stumble after, but no, cause you can't, you can't fake chemistry. And you said it too, like, despite all the things that they've been going through, the main core guys that were drafted by the organization, like Clay, Dre and Steph have seemingly been like above all of this. Um, and it's really I don't want to I'm never going to like blame Katie, but it is like Katie was not drafted by this organization. So there's a little bit more looming with his free agency. So I think it's different. Like you introduce something that really it worked really, really well. But it also like had, you know, its chemistry downsides in a way. Um, no, I think Portland. That's why I like I'm also high on Portland is they all like each other. And, like, that's so key. You can't, like, think of anywhere that you work. Like, you don't want to go into work if you hate your manager or if you hate the coworkers or if you hate the person that you're working on a project with. So, like, these guys have to go to battle together, you know, mm-hmm. every night. So it's nice that they all love each other. Dane's also the best.
0: Oh, he just really, uh, yeah.
2: Like, that's a culture guy. Like, that's a guy you have on your team to, like, lead a good culture. So I love that.
0: Yeah, he absolutely sets the expectation. Well, it's, like, I have... um I'm always jealous of teams that have a lot of success, so naturally I've been really jealous of Golden State. And I actually went an entire year without saying their name. What? <laughs> <laughs> what? The
2: team from the Bay Area, I think, was is it how the team Tara the put Bay? It. Yeah. Oh, my God. Was it the year after we uh, blew you guys out in the first round? I think that was, what, two seasons ago? Probably, Three playoffs think, ago? Yeah, I think that's probably – I think yeah. I'd had enough. And so I was like, <laughs> you know
0: what? They have enough power. I'm not going to say their name. Cause you know, like Voldemort like gets named from power. I was like, yeah, I'm just Beetlejuice or whatever. So I'm like, I'm not gonna say their name. Um, and I I, every time I slipped up, I donated five dollars to Girls Inc. So I think I ended up giving like $130 to
2: Girls Inc. Oh my God. (laughs) First of all, I love that. That's an awesome way. That's like an awesome, like, charitable thing to do on top of just like the hatred of the warriors. I'm all about that. But um, it's so funny to me that like Voldemort and Beetlejuice. I can just imagine like little kids all around the league who aren't Warriors fans, just growing up understanding that if you say Golden State Warriors three Don't times, looking in powerful. the mirror.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Draymond Green That's appears awesome. behind you.
0: I do. I I I do have friends who are you know fans of the team who I like really respect and enjoy, and I like to hear you know their takes about what's actually going on there. And what I think would be so great to happen is like. They do this reset and Clay and Steph stay there and they end up being like the Manu Ginobili and Tim Duncan of the team. And they're just there like forever and it keeps going through other iterations and it's just, you know, they're just there for a super long time. So I hope that the core gets to stay there. Um, I just think that would be fun for, you know, them to be 38 years old still playing
2: <laughs> for the same oh team. Oh my it God, if we get Steph that at often. 38... Steph at thirty eight would be amazing. Yeah, he'll be just like shooting. Yeah, he'll be like Jason Terry. He'll last forever, you know. Hopefully, I mean, the shot is the last thing to go, but like Steph's game worries me because he's so much about more than the shot. Like he really does just like you know the way that he controls the game is so much about the way that he moves. So I'm like, it's gonna it's gonna be interesting to see how he ages. But I'm with you. It'd be so fun to see that core. What do you think about how Clay's game will age? Do you think he- much better because okay. Clay doesn't dribble. <laughs> clay, doesn't, clay doesn't create plays for himself clay like goes to his spot and like like that one game where he had 60 uh points i think it was 16 like three quarters he dribbled 11 times like that man isn't he's not moving around um and like the shot's the last thing to go and his shot is like his shot is just so perfect that i think it's not going to go anytime soon but um we'll see. Clay, the one thing the Warriors need to do is keep Clay and Steph. Like Draymond is like super underrated in terms of what he means to that team, but his game is not going to age well. It's already not aging well. So like
0: Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> That's like a month to month thing practically. Um yep. somebody who's as physical as he is. So you mentioned earlier that you don't
1: think Durant is staying. Do you have an idea yep. of where he might end up? He's going to the Knicks.
2: I'm like so convinced just based on like everything that I've heard that that man is going to the Knicks, but I also would not be shocked if he'd stayed like it's Katie is so um, I don't want to say moody because that's disrespectful to like a grown man, but he's a little bit moody. So like I could see him just split second deciding that he doesn't actually want to leave and like, let's see what happens in the playoffs. Hey, like the Warriors could not win The Warriors could even not go to the finals. I could see that scenario being real, just the way that they're playing. And if they don't go to the finals and it's like, that man's not staying. But let's say they go like 16-0, I think it might be a little bit harder for him to just let all of that go. But who knows? I hope he goes to the Knicks, though, with Kyrie. The Knicks being good would be so fun.
1: Yeah, it's been a very long time.
2: (laughs) Forever. Their last championship was before the ABA merger, which is my favorite stat.
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's I, brutal. I absolutely love the idea of Kevin Durant in New York and just to see how he manages all of that.
2: He's not going to manage that media
0: well at all. That's going to be a completely different story. But I hear what you're saying, too, about like maybe he will at the last minute decide to stay. Somebody once described um, Paul George to me as somebody who – really likes the last thing that was put in front of him. Like he really, whatever he's into, like, like that's, you know, that's where, so when it was time for him to make the choice, she was thinking that it was likely that he was going to choose OKC because that's where he was and he was happy there. Just, you know, Um, and Kevin Durant seems like he might be that kind of person. So like whoever, like whoever is scheduling all of the free agency um, interviews, wherever they are held this year. (laughs) Um, (laughs) God, that's a whole nother topic. Uh, um, You know, like whoever gets in last is probably like the team that's going to get him because they're the ones who are like right in front of him.
2: Man, I hope it's the Knicks so much. But you're right. People are really like prisoners of the moment, Mm -hmm. which is why like everyone is taking Ja at number one right now instead of Zion. Right. And it's like, unless you're the Suns, you shouldn't even think about that. But um damn. (laughs) We'll
0: see. Yeah, we'll have to get. We should get back together around free agency, and we can um, project where we think everyone's going to be holding their free agency meetings. <laughs> where did he? He was at the Hamptons it? last time. Oh, remember yeah. I it was remember like that. nobody could get there. Like they, they, you had to like take a ferry, and then you had to like drive really far, and it was at the end yeah. of some dead road. And the but the the um the Warriors brought 3D reality, virtual reality glasses, and that was what put it over the top. <laughs>
2: I don't even wow you know more about this than I do I just remembered I just um, love the stories of the things that
0: people do to try to convince free agents
2: it's (laughs) so funny because it's like these guys don't need these big pitches either like especially a guy like KD he doesn't want that he wants you to just like go up and straight up tell him like why but then teams are still so extra about it Mm -hmm. damn yeah well the classic example being Blake Griffin Oh yeah. Oh no. That one still hurts. So then you trade him away. Yeah.
1: I still love the Deandre Jordan getting locked in a house. That is my (laughs) favorite ever. Just locking him in there. And we're going to going to
0: be 40% of the league is going to be, I think it's 40% is going to be up for free. It's
2: going to be, we just have to take the month of July off. There's like 200 and something guys. Yeah. And, like, yes. top players, oh, my God, it's going to be incredible. Well, maybe it'll extend into August <laughs> since there's when nothing is, that happens in August. <laughs> that's true. Wait, when do they – free agency starts 1st uh, of, of July? July 1. 4th. Okay. Or is it July 1? Okay. It's either It's either the 4th or the 1st. I remember – I think it's the 1st, but I remember – the fourth was when KD signed because I was mm-hmm. like drunk out of my mind at a Fourth of July party and like called my dad like near crying. This is really <laughs> pathetic. It was like the fan <laughs> in you that's just like, "Oh my God, we got KD." And I'm like, my dad was so upset about those 2016 finals, which you know, we obviously lost. So I'm um, in, in beautiful three-one fashion. but um hey, you brought it up, not me. I know it's it's gonna (laughs) haunt me forever (laughs) that's why I go into every finals with like nope nope anything can happen you don't know they could lose they could like I'm like no nothing's a sure thing I watched 2016 happen (laughs) yeah that's that's so true and that's a
0: lesson that a lot of people forget <laughs> mm-hmm. A lot of fans. Anything
2: can happen. I
0: think. Forget. Yeah. Like you know, being up by ten with a minute to go. Like it's happened before. Everybody, don't leave. That's why I'm like, why is pe- why are people leaving? Yeah. Like before the Real game fans is over. don't leave.
2: <laughs> Didn't that just happen too? It was like OKC versus the Raptors, or was it? Well, oh, there's been it- some a couple of comebacks. I can't. Or the Nets. I don't know which one. Oh, it was the Nets? Nets Clippers. The Nets Clippers literally like last week had a they were down ten points and then. I think they sent it into overtime, or Lou, no, Lou hit like some crazy three point shot from like the logo basically, and mm-hmm. just won it in the last like five seconds. Yeah, damn.
0: It is anyways, never I'm, over.
2: never boring. Never, never over,
0: boring. never boring. No, not at all. Well, we should probably wrap it up um, with with Nitz. Thank you so much for joining us today. Do you want to tell folks how they can follow you on Twitter if they dare?
2: <laughs> yeah <laughs> if they dare it's so good um thank you guys so much for having me on first of all this was super fun and it's nice to know that there's avenues for like you know you guys are really uplifting the voice of women in sports which is big and we don't have enough of them so thank you for that um and then if you want to follow me i'm not as i'm not as polite on twitter so i'm really sorry in advance if you hear me here and you think that that's the case i go i go in on the lakers though um i'm at nits blue n-i-t-z-b-l-u-v um and you could also catch me on the friday mailbag um, on the Count the Dings network on anywhere that, you know, podcasts are streamed and also on the Daily Ding until they go behind the athletic paywall. So that's, that's, that's me.
0: Oh, Mailbag, that reminds me, Cassidy, we got our first listener emails. Woo-hoo! So excited. I know it's probably like old hat for units you, because you're on a show that's actually called The Mailbag. <laughs> We've been doing this for like a year and this is our first mail. So we're super excited. I love that. <laughs> so I wanted to shout out to the people who wrote to us. One is from Rick and he had such a great suggestion. I'm going to read it. So he asked, have you ever had had interview subjects from Portland area youth coaches and youth players as a dad of a toddler who is taking her first shots oh. at a little tyke hoop in our living room while the blazer games are on TV. And he says her shooting percentage is about 0. 0.0001, not counting the times when I lift her up for a slam dunk. I'm curious to know what girls have to say about the sport and how they got interested in playing and what things they are learning from their basketball experiences. So that was a letter from, or an email from Rick. Thank you so much for writing, Rick. And uh, yeah, we'll get on trying to find a, um, like a player, maybe a college player or um, a woman who's a coach who played. I think that would be awesome to find out. Um, and then the other piece of mail that we got was from Alex, and he was—he says, I enjoyed the podcast this week. It was interesting to hear from Amara about other arenas. I'm on a flight back to L.A. after going to the Pacers and Mavs games. Go Blazers.
1: Awesome. I'm so excited we got mail. It's finally <laughs> happening. Keep emailing us, people. We want to hear what you have to say. Well, I guess that's gonna do it for this week, for this week's What Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. You can find us on Twitter at Hoops and Talks. You can find me at Cassidy Gemmett with two Ms and two S's. And Tara is TCB Biggs with two G's. And our guest can be found at NITSB Louvre. Uh, what you already said. Um <laughs>
2: I appreciate you saying "needs to be love" though, and not Nitz, because it's like that's just my like first and last name, and everyone okay. goes Nitz B Love, and I'm like, no, 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 no. no, no, no. This is not uh, like some cute little thing. <laughs> awesome.
0: Oh, but um, it could be Nitz Be Lovin'. Oh Sorry, man, hell like no. <laughs> <laughs> A good shot though. Boy brought us all down, didn't it? <laughs>
1: Um, and remember, you can email us at hoopsandtalks at gmail.com. And finally, if you like what you're hearing, you can subscribe to the podcast and the Blazers Ed Feed and the Wet Podcast. It will be in the feed every Thursday. Yay.
0: Thanks so much for listening.